both the writer of Matthew's gospel and the writer of Luke's gospel include a sermon. In Matthew, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is a Moses figure, speaking down to the people. In Luke, Jesus is at eye level with the people. The two sermons are similar, but neither is an exact duplicate of the other. It is significant that the sermon in Luke is addressed to the disciples, the followers of Jesus, whereas in Matthew, the sermon is addressed to the crowd, to the world. For Luke, the sermon is a call to action and not a theologically conceived attempt to summarize the Christian message in its entirety. In Luke, it is a call to a life of discipleship. But Luke's sermon on the plain messes with our heads, just as I assume it messed with the heads of the apostles, disciples, the curious onlookers, and the significant group who were infirmed or troubled with unclean spirits. For everything is topsy-turvy. The things that common sense and common custom maintain as desirable are suddenly said to be undesirable. In the words of Jesus, the hungry, the poor, and those who hurt, those who mourn, they are to be celebrated. This is the gospel of the reviled, the persecuted, the alien, and it's radical stuff. The blessing woes in the Sermon on the Plain are in the second person, you. While in the Sermon on the Mount, the listeners are addressed in the third person. So when Jesus says, blessed are you who weep now, and woe to you who are laughing now, there is a point to be made, an insight to be understood, a message to be shared. Each listener, each reader is being addressed, each in his own circumstances and time. If that is the case, who is doing these things now? Are we the ones who are weeping now? Or are we the ones who are laughing now? If you're a refugee in a holding camp in the desert of Arizona, are you weeping now or are you laughing now? The Sermon on the Plain can certainly be read as one of those passages that comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. It is valid to read it as a challenge to you and to me. Many of us have been given much at a time when the need is so great around the world. The poor and the hungry who heard the sermon on the plain are still with us. If that is the case, Jesus is not being particularly subtle here. Taking care of the least of these is a mandate and not a suggestion. 
on a dusty plain in northern Galilee, Jesus spoke to the poor, the hungry, those who mourn, those who cried out in pain, those who wept. He told them to take heart, to rejoice, and know that if they had been excluded, hated, reviled, and defamed as they sought to follow him, their reward would be great. It was and is a message to the oppressed, not to the oppressors. But at the same time, Jesus was, and speaking to those of us who call ourselves Christians, reaching across time and gender and race and geography and beyond, his words are both instructional and preparatory. This is a bold new way of looking at life, at faith. The opening words of the Sermon on the Plain is a sea change that upends the old, well-established ways of thinking about what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century. The Sermon on the Plain messed with the heads of Jesus' listeners, and it needs to mess with our heads today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.